glad we recorded it. I'll take that <laughs> out. But uh, we good. All right. Once again, we, you know, I need some new shit to say, bro. Yeah, man. You got to fucking practice this shit like in the mirror with like your toothbrush or some shit, man. Son, I just can't say we back all the time because then it's like, fuck, we, we, we were always, well, you know, we are recurring in the fucking system and we're back in your speakers. There we go. Now, yeah, that welcome was back. fucking horrible. We have to work on that. Yeah, we will work on that. <laughs> Culture Academy Podcast. Uh, once again, this is episode 11. 11, man. And class is in session. Class is in session. 11. Double digits, man. It feels good, man. You know, I'm just trying to just keep it moving. I'm just, I'm surprised that we even attended class this much ourselves. And we run this shit. <laughs> Damn. So, wait a minute. The dean's trying to skip out on classes? I mean, did the check clear? <laughs> Hey, the check better have clear because shit. I'm trying. I'm trying to stay in these classes. I'm trying to get everything going. But yeah, man, we 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 back. We good. Um, you know, we we left off on a pretty uh pretty good note last week. Um, I really don't want to jump into this, man. But hey, man, we gotta do it head first. It's on my chest. We gotta get it off. We gotta talk about it, bro. All right. If everybody's not aware. Mr. Jermaine Cole. Oh, we're using governments today, so I know it's serious. Mama call him Jermaine, I'm calling him Jermaine. You're going to call him Jermaine then. Jermaine Cole. J. Cole. Known in the streets. It's J. Cole. Mr. Mr. Uh, who dat, who dat? I mean, he just dropped the record. Who dat, who dat? Mr. Who dat, who dat? Okay. Mr. Forest Hill Drive. Mr. Forest Hills Drive. 2014 Forest Hills Drive, and for some reason was nominated the last two years for awards, whatever. Because it was a classic. Well, I mean, last year made sense because they dropped it in December, so you weren't able to, but definitely 2016. But you know, whatever, J. Cole, I'm not hating on you. Okay. So, with that being said, they dropped the um, new, uh, new Jermaine Cole, Mr. Jermaine, For Your Eyes Only record. That dropped Friday. Came out last Friday. Came out last Friday. Okay. This was a surprise record. Everybody's a, doing that now. It's the hot thing to do, surprise record. And kind of like what we said last week, um, you know, it was a surprise. It was more like a week, two weeks in advance. But they had it in the stash. You got to make the money. They had it in the stash. They had it ready to go, locked and loaded. They teased the people, built up the anticipation. Then they delivered the record on Friday. And they delivered the record. Now, we talked about the record on the last episode. Briefly, we talked about it briefly. We talked about it briefly. What my words was, what my words were, maybe correct. I don't expect him to deliver a 2014 Forest Hills Drive. You called that correct. You said that. That that is on tape. And I hope the album is not trash. Correct. Those were that was your sentiment and that was your feeling towards the record prior to hearing the record. Prior to hearing the record, because the only record that I heard was not enough for me to get the record unless it was someone else besides J. Cole. Like, had somebody else throughout the, that record that he did, I probably would have been like, all right, cool. It wouldn't, it wouldn't, it would have just been lost in the files of records that had came out that particular day. Exactly. Now, we said, since it came out, trash is a big word. I'm not going to go straight to the trash, straight to the basura. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going straight to the trash or straight to the basura. So trash is a big word. We've since heard the record. 
we've heard it. We we, we heard it came out Friday. We we had the whole weekend to let it sit in, marinate. You How many know. times did you hear the record? Uh, I played it uh, the first day it came out. I listened to it front to back. And then um, I got into it Saturday, Sunday. I took a break from it on Monday. And I got back into it earlier today uh, just for the podcast. <clears throat> just to make sure that I really felt, you know, how I originally felt when I first heard it. So before talking about how you originally felt when you first heard the record, did you feel the same way? Without giving them too much clues about what you think about the record, did you feel the same way when you heard it twice? When I heard it the second time, it confirmed what I felt the first time. Okay, okay. That's a good segue into this because I, I want to start, I'm not sure if I already said this, but I want to start by saying it was not trash. No, it was not. A, it was not by it, by it was not trash by any stretch of the word, any any stretch of the imagination. Yes, it nowhere was not tra- nowhere near the trash bin. It's not near the trash bin. We're not shooting the uh, paper ball in the trash basket, yelling Kobe with the CD. That didn't happen. So, um, if you're thinking it's not trash, because you because you was ready to have the people throw the record in the trash. Dude, you were going to be the you wanted to start the throw it in the trash movement. I'm going to be the the Joe Budden Drake rant when it comes <laughs> to this, because and, and the reason I say that is, um, let's talk about the record. Okay, Let's talk about it. Jermaine Cole. I'm disappointed in you, man. Oh, man. I'm disappointed in you, brother. Look. I expect a lot from Jermaine, Jermaine Cole. I keep calling him Jermaine Cole. J. Cole, let me be respectful. Let me call you by your rap name. Your mama call you Jermaine. I'm going to call you J. We're both two J's here. I'm J Deluxe. You're J. You're J. Cole. From a J to another J, that was not a J. <laughs> that was a brick. Dang, it was a brick house. You missed the bucket, Jermaine Cole. And there was two seconds left on the clock, and you missed the bucket. Now, like I said, it was a decent project. And when what, you could, what now, didn't you like about the record? Okay, here's what I didn't like about the record. Now, obviously, it's been told at this point, and this is something I caught on to the second time listening to the record because I didn't catch on certain, uh, the first time. Is the fact that he was actually telling a story throughout the record. Right. It was. It was right. Exactly. So from top to bottom, he was telling a story. Now, some people, uh, and again, I think a lot of people are overrating this entire project, but some people are sitting here and saying that as far as him telling a story to the record that that automatically makes the record good. This guy's such an incredible songwriter. He's telling a story. Now, I'm not taking that away because in order to tell a story between albums and still make it a cohesive album, that's a hard thing to do. There's not many people who've done that. But, but see, that's, but, but we're not questioning the, the, his, his artisticness or how much of an artist he is or how much of a creative mind he is. That's not what's in question here. But it does take a lot for him to be able to piece it together the way that he was able to piece it together and deliver the project the way that he did deliver it as one cohesive piece. Yeah, and the reason I say that, I just say that to say this. Again, it's I wanted to say that because a lot of people were saying that as far as it being a cool... It, they, they basically stated that because it's a movie, he's such an artistic person, he paints a vision. I get that. But here's my thing. Just because you put a movie on the record doesn't mean it's a good movie. That's true. And also, I think that him trying to do it in that way, took away from the quality of records he probably could have made because you have to fit the framework of the record into the pro- into the record that you did before it. So it made it kind of difficult from that standpoint as well. But I mean, it was ten. It was ten records. It was ten uh, joints that he had on the record as a whole. 
And I felt that only four or five of them was even J. Cole quality. So that's an F. <laughs> and, you know, we were talking about this off the, uh, off the podcast, so let's bring it on to the airwaves here, is that when it comes to projects like this, we have to compare it to the artist's work. Right. I can't compare it to the things that are out right now because when you're listening to the things that are out mainstream-wise, now not underground-wise because I can think of a lot of better records a that lot came of better out records underground than right. this, right. Mainstream-wise, when you look at the fact that the people who are popping right now are these designers, the little yachties, they're all these other people um, who, who come out. I just have to compare it to your line of work. And this compared to your line of work, I'm not going to say an F. I'm going to say a D plus C minus on a good day. So you saying that, because I'm a little bit different. I like to judge the quality of the record based off of your previous body of work and off of, you know, what's the, what, what is the, what is the rap game? What is the music? You know, whatever your genre is, what is the current status and competition level in your particular genre? So, but you're looking at it from the standpoint of, what was his previous body of work to what you just gave me? Does it measure up to what you have given me in the past? Yeah, that's what I look at. I don't think when it comes to hip-hop heavyweights, we can have that conversation. And we both dis- I would disagree on this one. I don't think we can have that conversation when you're talking about the heavyweights. When you're talking about somebody who's maybe trying to establish themselves and you come out with a record that's better than most people, I can get that. But when you look at the heavyweights, you have to compare them to their line of work. Right. The, the example that I used earlier was the fact that Jay-Z... Um, you know, very respectable artist. I, I thought a few of his records were trash, but um, I would say I agree with you. <laughs> I would say an album, let's say Kingdom Come, which is not you know very well well received in right. the Jay Z discography. That was a good album. Solid body of work. It was a bad Jay Z album by so, his standards. By his standards. So when I look at this album by J Cole, it's a good album, decent. If we were to measure it against anybody else. if I And if I measure it against anybody else who's came out as far as mainstream success, this is probably top three albums right, this year. Right. Okay. I see where you're going with this. I see where you're going. So, like I said, I expect so much from him. And the fact that I, I was well documented by saying I was never a J. Cole fan, 2014 Forest Hills Drive kind of threw me in that stratosphere as far as saying that J. Cole is, uh, you know, very well respected. He's a great artist. So, when you come out with a product like this, after following that up and the entire album to me, regardless if he's telling a fucking story that I could probably go straight to DVD with, with this story <laughs> definitely wasn't the most picture story. You're going straight to DVD. The fact that it, it sounded like that with such direction that to me, the entire album feels like he rushed it. It felt like the label wanted a project and he put it together. Yeah. I could definitely see where you're coming from. I can feel that, uh, you know, he was getting some, he was probably catching some heat from the label to put something out, especially in the manner that everybody else is putting it out now. Give us something. We want you. We want to surprise the fans, surprise the industry, not give anybody time to react or prepare. And, uh, I mean, it worked out for him. I definitely think it was well-received, I mean, for the whole weekend. And uh, you definitely continue it on to this week. Everybody in their mom's mom, from old to young, has been playing it, has been talking about it. So they definitely uh, – succeeded doing that but me and you man we might be the only people on this boat uh but overall to me it was it was just a decent body of work it was nothing to uh write home about 
is a forgettable body of work. And this Ooh, is where ouch, forgettable. I think it, it's forgettable. This is where I think that a lot of people, they need to separate themselves from new releases. I think that we really need to not receive the new releases when it comes out because everybody is blowing up this project. Yeah, Jermaine Cole, J. Cole, give me a new project. But yeah, but they saying that he's the one. They're saying that this they're hyping this record up to be as though this is one that's saving hip hop, putting hip hop back where it needs to be, showing you that hip hop really isn't dead. And I'm sorry, uh, world, but I guess I must have missed the boat on that because this record didn't give me that feel at all. It just felt Not like another record. Not at all. Just another record, just like you said. I think the most interesting thing about his album coming out is when your album comes out, you want all of the focus to be on what you just put out, your album. You know what the focus was when it comes to this? The main focus of people when this album came out was the fact that Absol came out with comments saying that Kendrick and J. Cole definitely got an album coming out. If that's the big headline there and not so, your album. So the big headline is that you got another com- that you got another album coming out, not the album that you that just you put out. Yeah, album. that's a problem. <laughs> you got another album coming out instead of the one that you just put out. So, um, yeah, you know. Like I said, I do think it's forgettable, man. Like, when it comes to 2014 Forest Hills Drive, and I don't want another 2014 Forest Hills Drive. I want another good album. When it comes to this album, I can't see it played played more than a few times. It might be an album that, you know, three or four months down the road, you'd be like, you know, I feel like listening to J. Cole. You toss it on for a second, listen to two, three, four records, just like you said, the only ones that are good on there. And then you're just done with it. It's not anything you're going to constantly listen to. So, D plus, man. C minus on a good day. Hey man, that's, like I, I think that's my academy report card. Now you, the dean, you got the opportunity to overwrite it, but I'm thinking D plus, C minus. Uh, if we're going off of, if I'm if I'm judging this off of J Cole's other body of work, then I'll have to say you know it was a um, it was a lackluster performance. But if we're gonna, but uh, so I, yeah, I don't know. Man. I have to give it like a D minus, D plus, maybe. D minus, D plus, man. And that, but but that's judging it against his body of work. If I'm judging it against the current state of the game, then he then he's gonna fly. He's gonna pass with flying colors. Get a B plus, A minus, because the game as a whole right now is um is subpar to say the least. To be kind. Yeah, but that that's what I'm saying. We can't judge it against the game because if you're judging J Cole to designer, but but that's what you have to do though. But you have to do that. But how? Because that's the competition that he's up against. So I feel like it's almost unfair to say, oh, well, you know, because that's why they're saying it's such a great album because of the competition that's out. But we're talking about heavyweights, though. This but, is what I'm saying, because when we but, talk about, let's say, Jay-Z. I mean, but, okay, well, okay, let's do it like this. If we're going to compare it to heavyweights, what other heavyweight, Jay-Z's, Jay-Z's for, lack of a, for really lack of a better term, is retired. He hasn't really done a, a project by when himself. When you think J. Cole, you think Kendrick. Okay, so if I compare this record to the last Kendrick record, the Untitled, how does it measure up? It doesn't meet the bar. Untitled, I don't think was a great record, oh, but it was better ooh, than this one. I got one for you. Heavyweight against heavyweight, you like this guy? You're a fan of this guy? I already know who's coming. How do you measure up this record? Here we go. With views. Here we go. With views. With views. Ah. Because they're two heavyweights, and they both dropped, and, they, and these records dropped both this year. How how does it measure up with views? And you have definitely been very critical uh, to be to to be kind of Aubrey. And yes, I'm I, gonna your say mama named you Aubrey, so we are gonna call you Aubrey on this show. 
Aubrey and Jermaine standing in the tree. We're gonna say against View. Damn it, man! I'm gonna have to say <laughs> I'm gonna have to say it's better than Views, in my opinion. And here's why: because most of the records on Views were not really rapping records. Like when he was rapping, rapping, it wasn't going up to J Cole's rapping. His more main singles were poppy, were pop records, were pop records, and even the joints that he rapped on there were not great. So, I mean, I would have to say it's better, but you, you already know my take on, on Views. I think Views is horrible. Just, just, so, as, a, just as a side question, though, and I'm going to say this, it's going to sound like a joke, but I'm dead ass serious. Here we go. When you go to Best Buy. Best Buy. People still buy CDs, people. Or whatever. Or, or, or you're on iTunes. iTunes. We're on iTunes, fellas. Facts. <laughs> is Drake under the hip-hop rap section, or is he under the pop section? I don't know, but I would have to think he'd have to be underneath hip hop because of the way people are loosely using the word hip hop. Hip hop, right? It's kind of like um, I'm not sure if you've seen this, but this is a good segue into into this type of conversation. Um, it's kind of like uh the the new hottest MCs of the game that they're doing right now. Have you seen any of that with Charlemagne the God? Yeah, I've been seeing it, and I'm gonna wait until they're done, and I'm going to kill. That I'm gonna murder that. Murder that. It, um, we're gonna do a whole show on the list. But the fact that you have a hottest MC of the game, and you're throwing these artists who fucking suck, that tells me that the main general public has a loose, like term, I guess, a loose mindset when it comes to hip hop music. Because so, because what's the list called? What what's the name of the list? Hottest MCs of the year, I believe. Hottest MCs. Hottest MCs of 2016. Now, the word MCs. Come on, man. You can't be doing that. MCs. All I got to say about that list right now, I think they're only on number eight, but that list sounds like it's going to be trash. It, it sounds like it's going to be based off of popularity. It's going to be based off of uh, off of whether or not, you know, the public sway that you have, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be based off of anything, you know, tangible that we could really use. I don't think it's going to be based off of uh, any sort of bars or lyricism or creativity. Um, so that's why you can't trust these type of lists unless only type of list that I trust, unless it's a list of your peers. If your peers make the list, then I give it a little bit more merit to it because, you know, it's the, you know, it's the guys who are in the same field as you. But when it's writers and and all these old fogies who really don't get on the mic. I don't I don't trust lists unless it's a list of your peers. Well, they have artists going in there, too. Like, for example, and I haven't yet seen it, but I've had a few people tell me, like, for example, like Joe Budden was in one of the episodes uh, helping doing this. So they, they have artist opinion on it and they also have like regular writers. But it's just like the way the MCs is used so loosely. And that's why I say you got to compare these people to. The, the heavyweights in the game. Like, I, I gave you the example earlier of Jay-Z. When Jay-Z was, uh you know, really at his peak popularity, now he's uh, in another stratosphere right now, but, you know, in the 2000s, mid-2000s, early 2000s, late 2000s, the person that they were comparing Jay-Z to was the heavyweight. You were looking at Jay-Z, you were looking at Eminem, you were looking at people like that. Nobody was comparing Jay-Z to a guy, maybe, say, Jeezy. You weren't comparing Jay-Z to Jeezy. You Even were. though Jeezy was a hot MC and still you is were. a hot MC at this time, you weren't comparing him to Jeezy's work because he was in another level than Jeezy. That's no disrespect to Jeezy, but Jeezy's popularity is so heavy that you you were only comparing him to the cream of the crop. So that, yeah, that's when, why I feel uh, like when Trapper Die Three came out, we wasn't comparing that to you know the blueprint. You wasn't you wasn't doing that. Or when you know Trapper Die the first one came out, I agree with what you're saying. There's levels, and you're not 
you know, Jay-Z is a tier one rapper. Jeezy is like, you know, a tier three rapper, tier two rapper. So when Jeezy drops a project, you're not going to compare it to a, tier, to a tier one rapper. You're going to compare it to somebody else of his same caliber. And you're going to compare it to himself. kind of like uh, Eminem when it came to the, the relapse record. The relapse record to me was uh, fucking awful, especially when you compare it to Eminem's line of work. But if it's somebody who's been hearing garbage the entire time and they hear the words that he's saying, they might think this guy's an incredible wordsmith. This album's amazing. If you if you take it that way, so, but I mean, so that's basically what you're saying is is that by Eminem standards, Relapse was a subpar record. But if that would have been somebody else other than M, that might have been the best record of their life. Might have been the best record because of what you know the lyrical content. The lyrical content was gotcha. always there, but just the music was never there. Got you. So, you know, let's let's just get off Jermaine Cole. Jermaine, 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 Jermaine. All yeah. I'm saying is if these rumors are true, which If Absol says they're true, I'm, I'm going to kind of just take it there and say that they are true. If they are true and you're coming out with an album, I want to hear Forest Hills J. Cole. I don't want to hear this fucking J. Cole being out on an album with Kendrick. I don't, I'm not trying to hear that. And Kendrick, I'm not trying to hear your untitled version of Kendrick. You guys need to go and give 100% of your best because we're going to compare it to only you two when the record drops. See, and that's why I'm not really a big fan too much of these... Uh big time guys doing these collaborations because you had because you like the watch the throne record be, and i hate that shit because sometimes it was hit or miss but see watch the throne work because you already had you know kanye rap i mean it, i mean the, i mean it can work with kendrick and j cole but any but i should say more so i'm nervous when i hear these types of collaborations because i have an idea of how i want it to sound in my head and, and then when you get it it doesn't match with that so then you're disappointed when maybe you really shouldn't be yeah, but when it comes to J. Cole and Kendrick, I can kind of safely assume that it's going to sound the way we think it's going to sound. Because I, because like I, I know you're not a fan of these uh, two artists in particular, but I know that you know a lot of a lot of the listeners are, and a lot of people in the industry are. That Guwap and Future did a tape, and it sounds horrible, bro. <laughs> it sounds fucking horrible. My boy was like, "Yeah, I'm playing this new Future and Gucci." I'm like, "Bro, turn this shit off." It, it it just doesn't work well together. It might work well on a song for like a feature, but you know, they styles just really clash. But I think what's going to help Kendrick and J. Cole, if it is true, is that they're both triple threats. They're songwriters, rappers, and producers. So at the end of the day, they should be able to find something to match what they're trying to do. Yeah, they, and I think they will. Um, the last time we heard, has, has J. Cole and Kendrick actually officially done a record? I know that J, uh, J. Cole produced the Kendrick joint on, um, he produced the Kendrick high power outro, outro on the Section 80. And I know that uh, Kendrick Lamar did a fire squad, was it? Yeah, that's Freestyle. right. But have they actually ever both been on an actual record? Um, I'm not sure we have to look that up. I mean, it would be kind of hard to fathom that they haven't. And then you're just going to dive into the studio and do a whole, you know, joint record. But. I mean, I'm excited for it, but I'm always nervous to see these types of projects, you know, when they decide to do them. Yeah, but I got more high hopes on this one than I did the Jay-Z versus Kanye. High hopes. Because we, we kind of heard the, um, like, the music that Jay-Z and Kanye was making separately before Watch the Throne, so I kind of knew it was going that direction. These two people are still in the lane, so I hope it's going to be an excellent record. Jermaine. Jermaine, Jermaine, Jermaine. Look, man. I mean, I like I said, it's ten. It doesn't. It doesn't really feel like your typical J. Cole type of cut, but you know, he's an artist, so you're always able to step outside the box. 
he definitely went a little bit more political with it. I don't know if that's because, you know, given the things of the last couple of months of the things that transpired here in the country. But um, I definitely hope that he can uh, that he got that off his chest. I hope we can get back, you know, to uh, more traditional uh, Cole in the future. That's what I want to hear. You hear that, Jermaine Lamar Cole? All right. <laughs> Damn, killing this man. Jermaine Lamar Cole, I want to hear good records. All right. And don't don't be dissing people too. Like I think that shit's weak. Don't be dissing people who you know suck. Like get the fuck out of here. Anyways, let's, let's just get off of that, man. I'm not trying to stay too much. I think we spend more time on that. But um, let's talk about since we were talking about Washington Throne, man. Your boy Kanye West is back at it again. At it again, man. This guy went from the mental institution to the to the to the Ringling Brothers. Six ring, three ring circus. When he went to go visit, you know, <laughs> the Oompa Loompa with the bad hair. The Oompa Loompa. Oh shit! <laughs> with the bad hair. Yeah, man, you got Mister Keeping Up with the Kardashians with Mister Keeping Up with his toupee. So it was a pretty, uh, a pretty, a pretty weird. It was a pretty weird thing that suddenly. Okay, let's talk about it. Just in case everybody's not aware, he went to visit Donald Trump, President Elect Trump. Right, because we're still elect. calling a president elect because Obama's still in the office until like next month. Yeah, a couple, a couple more weeks he got. So President Electron, he went to go visit him. Now, the fucking social spear blew up over this. Went crazy, crazy. They're like Kanye, why are you meeting with this? That Kanye came out and said he wanted to talk to him about things such as supporting education, boosting teachers, um, you know. Violence within the communities and mainly the inner cities, ma- mainly inner cities community, mainly Chicago, which I thought was funny. He's like, yeah, fuck the Chicago. Rest of the where's that? I thought they changed the name of that place to Chirac. <laughs> so, you know, it was interesting. Uh, here's here's my thought process behind this. And just let me know here uh, what, what you think. Go ahead. I think it was a publicity stunt. I know for a fact <laughs> it was a publicity stunt. You was just you was just locked up at uh, at Arkham. And shit. <laughs> AKA regular hospital in Los Angeles. Okay, you was locked up there on the West Coast in LA and you supposedly all of a sudden hopped up, got released, and you flew out east to assemble a medical staff. <laughs> How the hell you end up at the Trump Hotel? Yeah. Um <laughs> John Legend actually came out recently and said that was a hundred percent publicity stunt too. Oh, John Legend called John him out? Legend came out and said Mr. That was a Ordinary stunt. People? Yeah. Uh, he's like Kanye ain't so ordinary. I can't support him. That was a publicity stunt all day. But I uh, mean, well, let the record show. Kanye did say he would vote for the man. Right? He did. He did you know say the, that. You know what the most interesting thing about it was? What's that? The fact that after that he tweeted what he was talking about, and then what did he say? Yeezy, twenty twenty four. He pushed it back four years. AKA, yeah, we see Trump. I see Trump in the office in eight years. I think that was more interesting than anything else. You think that he's basically that he was basically saying on the low that he's going to be a two-term president? Yeah. It's not on the low. He said it in a cryptic Kanye fuck type of way. He said it because he came out. He was talking time. 2020 before. Yeah, he was talking all this 2020, and then suddenly 2024. Like there's an election coming up in four years, man. So, um, yeah, I, I think it was a publicity stunt, man. I just can't see that the president elect. Would talk to Kanye West. I mean, what issues? I mean, why not? Uh, why? Because he's because he's an old white guy. No, 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 Cause, no. I mean, not because because you can see because you wouldn't say that because look how many rappers Obama done had to the to the White House. So I mean, you can't really say that now. 
No, that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a Kanye West. What I mean by Kanye West about the issues is uh, when you go, when you want to get things resolved, are you going right. to go to Kanye West? Like, Absolutely for, not. Like, if if you have a problem with, let's say, violence, if you if you have a problem with, um, let's say, the most recent thing, the Black Lives Matter movement, where cops are innocently gunning down people, you're going to go to people who are leaders of that movement, not fucking Kanye West. Oh, but you might go to people who are who, who's more of a leader in Chicago. Do you think? Name the biggest politician, or name or Kanye, and then insert biggest politician's name versus Kanye West. Who has more <laughs> influence? I mean, Obama. Over Kanye West. Yeah, that's sad because Obama is from Chirac, and it, but he didn't do a damn thing for he didn't do a damn thing for nobody of color. But, but that's 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 neither here nor there. Oh, but damn. but what I have but I look cha, at cha, cha, cha. But, but I look at it more so like this. Let's say you're Kanye's manager, mm-hmm. and Donald Trump says, "Kanye, I want to talk to you." Don't you go talk to him? You do, and that's what I'm saying because we don't know what the fuck is going on. But if it was not a publicity stunt, right? Why would people be so upset that Kanye West is taking matters into his own hands and using his fame if that is true? Now, I think it's 100 percent bullshit. But if that is true and he wanted to bring these concerns to him, why would we be upset just because it's Kanye West, especially when it's somebody who has power? Yeah, I don't care who it is. I believe ultimately at the end of the day, if if it's Kanye West or if it be if it be D Wade or whoever has the most influence. It can actually, you know, do something beneficial for that area. I'm all for it, whether it be rapper, entertainer, whatever the case may be. I'm all for it. But people hating on Kanye as if, you know, he did something wrong by meeting with the president. I mean, stop it. No, nah, he didn't. He definitely didn't do nothing wrong. We're not, say, just, we're not saying he went. He didn't go meet, you know, with Fidel Castro or nothing like that. Either. I just think it's ironic. I mean, you have the president uh, elect Trump. I want to say elect. Elect Trump who basically ran his whole campaign on uh, <laughs> racism and hatred and bigotry. And then you got Kanye West coming at him with issues regarding black race. I think that's funny. That's just fucking hilarious to me. Because it's like this dude just literally, I remember one time on Trump's whole entire campaign where he literally said, um, you know, hey, black people, aren't you tired of being being in the inner city and not having jobs? I'm like, this dude just literally assumed that every black person is from the ghetto. Yeah, he basically just said, what else, basically was saying, what do you have to lose? Just fucking vote for me, right? Yeah, what do you have to lose? Just vote for me. And then he's meeting with Kanye. It's just ironic. But, and then with everything happening, but, as far as Kanye West coming out of the hospital, I think that's what not, made it the bigger story. But let's not forget, though, that for his famous video, Donald Trump was one of the bodies in the bed. And that was way back when, you know, and he had all the... So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is something that these boys been cooking up for a while. But uh, I don't I don't have any issue with Kanye meeting with the president-elect, you know, because if the president-elect called my phone, Republican, Democrat, whether I voted for him or not, I would definitely, you know, see what he has to say. Or, you know, if I had the opportunity to, you know, try to better a situation, why not? You know, my only issue with all this is, um, just like you said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a problem talking to him. My, my only issue with all this is it has nothing to do with Kanye West. It's the fact that for some reason, Donald Trump thinks that he can run his business and run the United States. You're on the phone with another country talking about what's going on in my project. We do. If the fact that a president is using their presidential power to gain business gain, I think is something that's impeach worthy, but you know, people are too fucking blind to that shit. They want to be care. They only care about why Kanye West is meeting the fucking president. Like <laughs> they don't care about the real issues. Yeah, they don't care about the actual real issues. They don't care that he's on the phone 
what people are talking about what's going on with my projects, why he's the fucking president. They don't care that he says that he could juggle two businesses and the presidency. He could juggle it all. I don't give a fuck if he sold a lot of it, like the reports are saying. The fact that he... America can't be your side bitch, dog. You, yeah, it's a full-time gig. It's yeah, more it's than a full-time, a full-time gig. gig, yo. It's, it's, it's more than... It's, it's a 24-7 hour job. America can't be that person you text in the morning talking about you up. No. You laying in the bed next to America. So well, they got about uh, they got a couple days to fix it. So we'll see if they fix it, and if not, psh, buckle your fucking seatbelts. Man, I tell you what, man. So um, you know Kanye, Kanye, man. You know we talk a lot about Kanye here, man, but he's always in the fucking news. Kanye, just just stop with the lies, dog. Stop lying to get out your tour. Stop with this shit. Like just pay them the money back. Your your fatigue shit. I'm over it. Right. At what point <laughs> you're just becoming a fucking Kanye? At some point, you just, you know, there's 24 hours in a day, so you can't work for 23 of them, dude. It's just impossible. You, So my sympathy for Kanye has done ran out. You have more than enough money to take vacations. You have more than enough money to take a day off or so. Get your shit together and get back to making music. Yeah, man. So, um, you know, like I said, this this story is just more or less just a flash in the pan. I think it's going to go away soon, pretty much, you know, unless Kanye continues meeting the president. But the way that Trump's been at it, he might make Kanye secretary of defense. Who knows? Um, and if that's the case, then, you know, Jesus be with us because we're going to need it. Jesus be with us. I like that. Jesus be with <laughs> you all, you know. So, uh, yeah, man. So, you know, shout out, shout out to uh, shout out to Trump keeping his hair tight. You know, shout out to Kanye staying in the news. Shout out to um kim kardashian having something to deal with it too i mean i i just don't kim, shout out to the fact that america's concerned about what kim kardashian thinks about kanye west meeting the president like to me that's the stupidest america thinks of anything to keep the kardashians in the news like you, wouldn't you be happy that your fucking husband met with the president and like since you'd be happy your husband just got a mental institution and like he's stable yeah i mean and then and then one of the big stories too when uh he was in that institution aka hospital when he was actually in the in the institution, they were like Kim Kardashian's bedside. Who fucking cares? I That's her husband. Where else would she be? Yeah, I mean, she wasn't bedside. I'd be concerned about that. But um, Kim Kardashian sneezes this news. They've been in the news a lot, man, between these uh, Paris robberies with no cameras and all this shit. I mean, you know, whatever. That whole family's know, fucked up. Insurance on that, too, but that's the topic for another day. Yeah, sir. Now, um, you know, let's let's actually let's actually spin off some more music, man. Since we're talking about music here, man. Um, you know, this is somewhat some somebody who Kanye West was affiliated with in Chicago, one right. of the local Chicago Chicagonians, right? Uh, Chiracians. Um, you know, local fellow local fellow MC Lupe Fiasco. Lupe Fiasco Mr. involved Kick. in a fiasco. Mister Kick Push himself has decided to once again. Once again, for the third time, hang up the mic. How do you feel about that? Because apparently from what the reports say, he's for real this time. For real, for real. I'm retired. What does retired mean? It's definitely for artists. I always wondered what that meant because like in for athletes, we know what that means definitively. You're no longer dribble the ball, throw the ball, catch the ball, hit the ball, whatever your particular sport was you'll no longer do that but as a musician uh you can always you can still continue to record even though you're not putting anything out commercially yeah that's what i'm saying like you you can't be retired 
and then jump on a record with somebody every few years, you know. So, yeah, so I don't, I'm not really quite sure what retirement means because what happens if we don't hear a Lupe record for four or five years and then all of a sudden, you know, you come out with the album. So I never, I never really liked artists saying they retired. I just liked you being an artist and just not coming out with any more music. That's what I feel. I think we're, the retirement game is weak. Like, stop saying that you're retired because then you look like a fucking idiot when you come back on a record. You know, it's kind of like um, three stacks, right? Three stacks never say he's retired, but he's been doing never. records every few years. Exactly. So what, we, we don't look at three stacks like he's retired. We look at three stacks like, hey, you're going to drop an album at some point. And there's this kind of same thing with Missy Elliott. Like people, Missy Elliott never said that she retired. She just wasn't putting out any records. And so then once she came out with something, since we all assume she was retired, it was refreshing and it was great. Same thing with three stacks. I've been, I assume three stacks is, you know, semi-retired. Because he doesn't, he hasn't put out, you know, he's not consistently putting out a body of work, but he is consistently working with people, putting out, you know, singles here, there, 18s, 16s, whatever the case may be. Yeah, so Lupe, I, I, I don't know if he's retired or not. Now, I know that this has been in the works. Now, I know one of the times he retired, it's not fair to basically say that um, he lied about that because it seemed like he wanted to retire at that time, I believe it was, but then he was contractually obligated. Ob- Obligated to finish it Obligated. out. Obligated. Right? Yeah. I, you know, I only graduated high school, son. Right. I think he. I think at the time he went to retire, I think he still was. He still uh, owed them albums. He I was think, on. I, I think, think he was still on the Atlantic more, Records yeah, at that two, time for two more records. Yeah, he was still on the Atlantic Records. He owed an album. That's when he came out with that uh, Lasers joint, which is hot garbage. Um, well, I wouldn't say hot garbage, but you know, back to the yeah, conversation. I was about to say yeah, that was kind of harsh. Yeah, back to the conversation of comparing the albums. When you come out with The Cool, which is a classic. The Cool is a classic. And you come out with Food and Liquor, which is a classic. Which is in a back-to-back classic song. And then you follow it up with uh, Lasers. Yeah. Whoa. If you are. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, I mean, I, I definitely uh, want to take a quick moment, you know, to shout out Lupe. Because he came into the game at a time where, you know, uh, you know, the polo kids were cool, but but the skate, you know, Pharrell had just made the skateboard kids cool, you know, a couple years prior, you know, but he really came in and he's the one who really started making, you know, uh, some of these other guys, you know, the whole skateboard movement. But he was always witty and he was always uh, very, um, he was always thoughtful with his delivery and with his bars. So he definitely did, no pun intended, raise the bar as far as, uh, as far as, um, because I almost want to say he's alternative rap, really, man, because he's he's coming from a different from a different place. He is, and you know what? Um, as far as as far as uh what what he did too, as far as the retirement, one of the big things that was more more interesting. I'm not sure if you saw this was um now obviously they said that he retired because of um it was the anti-Semitic lyrics that he did where he he stated particularly in, in the song "Dirty Jews," right. And he got backlash for that. And then I guess he came out with a retirement thing. So this could be something that he's doing just because he's mad. The more interesting part about it to me is the fact that he's went on Twitter and started throwing all of the music executives underneath the bus. I, I don't understand when people do that because to me, you know, music is a business. Right. So why would you fuck up your business if you if you decide that you want to come back? Like why? what record label would why want burn to... Why those bridges? Yeah, what record label would want to work with you if you just literally through all these other people underneath the bus as far as like Lear Cohen's all of them like now, why now, would you do that now what did he kind of say about them you know specifically that makes you feel like he was throwing them under the bus he was talking about a Lear Cohen's uh deal when he was with Atlantic and he was trying to sign I believe to Warner Brothers or something right. like that 
And he basically said, I got the exact quote here uh, for his tweet. He says, Lear Cohen told me that he may not honor the terms of an existing contract unless I signed a contract, which changed the terms of the existing ones. Peace. And then he throws other people. Craig Coleman once negotiated a deal in secret, which said, I agreed to give away 85% of my publishing rights to the song Airplanes to his producers. Which was false. Because the Jewish lawyer, you know, some more anti-Semitic shit. I mean, but I hear you. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're about to say. But uh, because of the Jewish lawyer I hired to get me off Atlantic was more interested in taking 5% of everything I did, he sent the bill for $100,000, which represented 5% of the concerts that I did when I had him on retainer, concerts which he never handled contracts for. He said, what are you going to do? That's cold. Yeah, he said, what are you going to do? Sue me. I'm a lawyer. I'll win. He then felt so guilty that he offered me 10% of my money back. They speak out 10% to me. of the hundred thousand. Ten percent of hundred thousand. So he, yep. he offers you ten grand. Yep. Get the hell out of here, Lupe. Come on now. They speak out to me all the time. I've had one producer admit that he knows that it's wrong, but they he but they let him win, so he just accepts it. He says, Not all of it. I had some good guys which I had the pleasure to work with, but I've never experienced anywhere I have at Atlantic anywhere. Now he got some more shit. He talks about other people. He was talking about the, they wanted to negotiate or renegotiate a budget for a larger budget for lasers in 2008. But um, I don't like that one of that lines. You're saving face there. You're trying to save face. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna throw everybody underneath the bus. Now he had issues with Atlantic Records, but I'm gonna throw everybody underneath the bus on my way out the door. On my way out the door. But then I'm gonna save it with the uh, yeah, not everybody out there. What is bad? You know, some of them are actually good people. I mean, so, but, you know, uh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm definitely going to say um, it definitely doesn't hurt to have somebody of Jewish, of Jewish descent on the team in the music business. Um, I'm definitely going to say, you know, <laughs> um, the 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 uh, the way that they handle business known in the industry can be that, you know, some time of not being. uh gentleman like being of you know the most gentleman like way but don't throw people on the, the don't don't try to make it seem like other people pushed you out the door when you openly retired but it's even more interesting i'm gonna hit you with some more direct tweets oh man it gets oh, worse he went on an entire rant but it's interesting because one of the ones that he said was food and liquor i asked leor leor coins for my masters as real equity in their nutty 360 deal experiment he smirked and said what like in a suitcase and then wow. he says, it's a deal where an artist gives up 25% and up of everything they do, which is touring, merchandise, pub, for a larger but fully recoupable check from the label. And he said that the guy, Craig Kalman, bought, uh, he said, he brought me my 360 deal while I was half naked recovery from pneumonia, uh, pneumonia. Fuck, I'm out of this shit today. In a hotel room in LA, it was surreal. Now, if you sign a 360 deal, if you got a, spe- a sneaker sponsorship or a role on the TV show where they have a right percentage to your money because some poor ass singer was sleeping on the studio floor, eating ramen, getting offered a million dollar check with 135 percent interest. Oh, so and <laughs> this is the best one right here. This is this is the be- Lupe. OK, if Lupe was setting it up for the alley-oop. He came through with the dunk on this. one. Damn. And not just the dunk. He didn't go through with the simple tomahawk. Oh, he gave us something special. The 360 between the legs off the glass. Oh, man. Lior's exact words to me in regards to my 360 deal were, if you grow cotton, 
why would you want to grow grapes? Wow, he said that? Yep, he says, Leo Cohen. According to Lupe, he said that. According to Lupe, Leo Cohen said that. Now, that is an oddly specific quote to remember (laughs) between your entire... Now, trust me, there's things that people say that stick out. So, I mean, I could see um, him remembering something like that. But, but like I said, if he's not retiring, he's really not doing himself favors because we already knew he had issues with Atlantic Records. You're off of Atlantic Records. Fine, and yeah. you're shitting on any person that's been involved in your music life. I mean, but, that, I, mean, but, I, but I feel like a lot of people do this when shit's going bad. So maybe, you know, we got to watch this situation with Lupe to see if it might take a nosedive for the worst. Because cause what what do you stand to gain by putting this information out? You going to sue? <laughs> like, what do you stand to no, gain he, by putting that information out there? He ain't going to sue. Remember what the what the uh, the quote-unquote Jewish lawyer said? You ain't going to sue me. I'm a lawyer. I'm, I'm a lawyer. Win. I'm going to win anyway. So I'm going to win anyway. So For them, I'm going to give you back, you know, 10000 of the 100000 that, you know, I took from you. Look, this is this is what it comes down to to me. When you look at, let's say, music business is different. But when you look at, uh, let's say, basketball, the player has a lot of the leverage. So if you play, you get fucked on the deal, but you're out there sco- scoring 30 points a game, 10 rebounds, and 9 assists, you could pretty much say, look, I need a new deal, otherwise I'm gone. And you have all of the leverage as a player. You don't have leverage in the music business. It's sad as it say, but it, you don't have leverage at all. So, and that's if you're dealing with the major label. So, the, the fact that you're coming out and saying all of this, I mean, uh, along with your retirement, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I say the retirement angle is weak, bro. If you just want to retire, just fucking retire. Yeah, I don't like the whole, yeah, if, you, if you're done and you don't want to make music anymore and you want to take your ball and go home, just take your ball and go home. You don't got to give us the explanation. Yeah, man. It's not like Jordan retired from the Wizards and then decided to play every one year, every two years. Yeah, that, yeah, that was just tragic. Ne- negotiate that contract just to play like five games a year. And I think, and just as a side note, that that's part of his legacy too. Oh, the Wizards. So people try the Wizards, all that BS. People try to make it seem like try to just sweep that under the rug. Nah, brother. Nah, nah. <laughs> you chose to come back. You chose to play. I'ma count those years. Damn, Jordan. No chill. No chill, man. No chill at the academy, Jordan. The AC's broke. Right. It's over for you. Hey, man. That's hey, man. I might put you. Hey, look, Mike. Watch yourself. Yeah, man, but uh, as far as like that, like I said, Lupe is burning a lot of bridges, man. And this, and, and it's sad to me, dog. Like I said, Lupe is one of the most talented people out there. He's gone too soon. And he's gone way. Like if he was more consistent. Now I know he had a lot of label issues with them releasing projects and stuff like that. But if he can at least give me four more albums and maybe two of them are even solid, then I could put him in top MC of all time category because he already has two classic albums back but- to back. But you basically made albums and you just faded to black. I mean, I can't, we can't look at it. He, he should be at where Jermaine Cole was at. I mean, it's difficult to always say stuff like that, man, because when you look at somebody like Lupe, Lupe has two show enough classics under his belt. How many of the MCs can, can, can say that they have two classics, that they have one classic on their resume, let alone came out with your first two joints, which just unbelievably wow. Yeah, but that I mean, I don't want to get back in this conversation we had it before with top MCs. But just like I said, I mean, you have two classics, but I don't think two classics in hip hop put you up there automatically because we talked about people who own like eras and people who have like 
Yeah, I see what you're saying. I see you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, to me, Lil Wayne does not have two classics. But Lil Wayne owned an era, so he's in that conversation. He has to be. So when I look at somebody with two classics, but you're kind of just fade into black, eh. And I disagree with that to me because Lil Wayne definitely did have two classics. What, what are the two classics? Uh, I got the card too. Definitely. What's that second? But to me, I, 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 I put, you're so silly, man, with the Japanese. <laughs> but to me, I'll put it in there even though, because this is a debate, because a lot of people believe that the Carter 1 was better than the Carter 2. So in my opinion, both of those was in there because I feel that the Carter 1 was the alley, Carter 2 was the oop to kind of really, to kind of really stamp him as like, yo, I do this shit. Oh, really? The Carter yeah. 1? Yeah, you yeah, man. The no, nah, man. The Carter one was was definitely heat rock, and Carter two was just unbelievably, was just an unbelievable body of work. Like I listen to the Carter two, I can I can just wake up randomly like, yo, I'm riding to that Carter two today because it's just because the way that he put that together and the wordplay, and the timing of the record, which was which was huge also, which is unbelievable. Okay, I can see that, but we're kind of getting off topic there, man. Lupe, like I said. I don't know what's going on with you Chicago motherfuckers, but it seems like all of you guys got something wrong in the head. I don't know, man, but as a whole, Chicago right now runs the uh, music industry because you got niggas down south trying to sound like it's from, from Chicago and all these New York, Brooklyn, uh, Queens niggas. Everything they're doing is do, is just like from these wild niggas in Chicago. They, so Chicago right now basically is holding the torch for the game. Niggas is copying their style. Shout out to Designer. Cause that's that's who zero you, shouts out over here, man. That, you, that's who you were referring to when you said Brooklyn. I, I, <laughs> these New York cats. These New York yo, designer. Yo, designer, you not getting no love from me on the podcast ever until you pay homage to the man's style <laughs> that you took. Oh man, yeah, we were just talking about it last week, man. What if he wins the Grammy, like son? After Future that came out with the record, they gonna think I won a Grammy. They gonna think I won a Grammy. And that's exactly what he spoke that <laughs> shit into existence. Goddamn it, future, you spoke it into existence. Yeah, they gonna think you want a Grammy, but it ain't gonna be you. It's gonna be designer. So, bro, but I'm gonna tell a quick story. I was on the I was on a cruise last year when the Panda record came out. All right, money, money. And I was so uninformed about who this kid designer was that I walked up to the DJ booth and said, "Let me hear that new future record called Panda." And he said, <laughs> so, "He said, son, I don't know who told you." But that is not future. It's some new kid named Designer. And I said, oh, man, this is going to be a problem. That is fucking hilarious. That new True story. True story. I said, let me hear that new future panda. Because I like the record. And he said, who? This is it's not by future, young sir. It's by some new kid named Designer. Designer. I think a lot of people had that. But, hey, man, since we're talking about future, man, let's talk about the fuckery with future. How do you feel about Future saying that Reasonable Doubt was not that great of an album when it came out? I didn't mean to rhyme, but I'm going to go ahead and do this without a doubt. So what do you think about that? Uh, given the fact that, you know, I was kind of, uh, when did that record come out? That came out in 90, 90 what? Reasonable Doubt, 96. 96. So given the fact that I was only seven. I don't know, but uh, I definitely do believe that um, that albums can grow and they can become, you know, better over time, much like a wine. So I, I'll have to agree with his sentiment because when reasonable because reasonable doubt when it first came out was a fire record. 
it wasn't appreciated until years later. So I'll agree with that. But the record was still the record when it came out. So you can't say it was fire. It wasn't fire in 97 or 96 and then was fire in 2000. No, it was fire when it first came out. We just relate to the party to appreciate what it really was. But my, my problem with his argument is not even the fact that he's saying that it's hot. Just like you said, albums do grow, um, especially later on in the artist's career. But his argument is, I'm going to get the exact quotes here. We, we, we fact-checking over here. We're opening up the textbook. He says he was talking about the reason Reasonable Doubt was not that great. He says Jay-Z wasn't great when Tupac and Biggie were alive. That's facts. <laughs> that's facts? I'll say that's facts. He did. It was. He did. Jay Z was ready to outshine Biggie before Biggie died. But he didn't, though. He Biggie died. Biggie died. And then Biggie <laughs> died. But I don't believe. I believe that he had to wait. There wasn't enough. There wasn't enough limelight for him to shine at that particular time. He says it wasn't hot until they died. It's flames. It's hard. It's a classic. But it wasn't appreciated upon its release. It now, wasn't. That's true. That's one hundred percent true. It was not appreciated upon its release. But not when they died. But he didn't really get popping until they died, though. But, dude, they were talking about starting the, uh, what was it, the coalition with uh, Jay-Z. Like, when you're in the conversation. Oh, that's fine. Biggie was talking about bringing you aboard. It wasn't the other way around. He was talking about bringing you aboard to what he had going on. Yeah, but you know that. I I, I don't want to get into this because I know that the guy rest his soul, Biggie, rest in peace. We don't know what would have happened. Right. But I just think that Jay-Z was a staple at that time. We can't. I can't say that because it's like a let's I, say let's say Illmatic. Illmatic still sold when they were out. I can't say because Biggie and, and uh, believe, Tupac were alive. Uh, Illmatic wasn't great. I believe that Jay Z had next, and the fact that they died just helped him have next a little bit faster. How about that? <sighs> you have to. That's, I mean, because when they was alive, he wasn't what he was, and and even after they died, he still didn't become what he was until way after that. Like he really didn't really hit hit for real for real. Until we talking like Heart Not Life, Heart Volume 1 and 2, Blueprint. He really didn't hit until even, you know, five, six years after Biggie had died anyway, so. Okay. So you're talking about the Blueprint coming out. I mean, we can even go, we can take it to the, when, when did Heart Not Life come out? That was like 98? Yeah, it was like 98, 99. So yeah, we could say from then on, but he was really popping. Okay. If Biggie was alive and the Blueprint came out, would you think? It still, it still was fire. You can't take away from what he did. It was still was fire. Okay. If if he would have put the words together the same, if the blueprint would have been the blueprint the same as it was, Biggie Smalls, no Biggie Smalls, Tupac, no Tupac, it was it was hard, undeniable. And that's ultimately what happened with Reasonable Doubt. It came out like you said, and it was well received, but it wasn't appreciated like it should have been until later. And I don't know if. Yeah, you're right. You know what? I, I, you got okay. Damn it, you got me. Fuck it. You're right. And I don't really think that really had anything to do with them dying. It just had the fact that it just took some time. Do you think an artist like DMX would be DMX with Tupac around because they're very similar in what they talked about? I believe a lot of the guys benefited from those two guys passing away. Okay. I know who did benefit from those guys passing away. Who's that? Sean P. Diddy Combs. Way to catch in that, uh, you know, we, we always love you, Big Papa checks that will always miss you checks, you know. Shirts. You know, the shirts. Candles. The, the fucking graphic Christmas tees, ornaments, you know. graphic tees. The, the fact that I was able to go uh, to a corner store in Palm River, Claremont, Tampa, Florida, and be able to grab me a fucking Biggie spray panty tee at a corner store for like four bucks tells you all you need to know about the likeness of Biggie Smalls. So. All, all I'm going to say on that, and then we can get the hell up out of here, is that... uh. 
I definitely believe that Biggie Smalls was worth more to Sean Puffy Combs deceased than alive. You ain't got who you cutting the checks with? Who you cutting the <laughs> checks with, Puff? Mrs. Combs? Okay. Biggie's kids? Okay. I I think that same thing for uh, Fat Joe and Big Pun. Ouch! A Big Pun, Fat Joe would not be Fat Joe if Big Pun did not pass away, because ba- back then Big Pun. Was that motherfucking guy, and and Fat Joe was the second guy. He was the even though it was his group, he was the second guy. And the fact so, that Big Pun had so much pull that a lot of the people that he wanted on the group, whether it be uh, Cuban Links or other cats like that, and Fat Joe didn't want him. You're not gonna piss off your main star, all right? Cuban Link, you staying here? Yeah, I mean you're definitely not gonna rock the boat when, uh, especially when, especially when all the bread's coming in. But a lot of people benefited, you know, from from other guys' untimely deaths because these guys was taking up a lot of the limelight. And once those figures was gone, it was a lot of limelight, you know, to go around. I agree. All right, man. So, yeah, just like you said, the class is coming to a close here. I um, like it, man. I like it. Gucci Man, Little Uzi Vert, don't you ever make a mixtape or album again. Don't you ever talk about me. Don't you? <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> so, don't you ever do that again. Uh, we're looking for the J. Cole, Jermaine Cole, and uh, Kendrick Lamar album. Uh, hopefully, that'll come sooner than we all expect. Um, you know, shout out to an album that I really haven't mentioned, but I think it's a fire album. Shout out to King Crooked with his uh, Good vs. Evil album. Okay, shout it out then. That's a, good, that's a really good project. So, you, man, I'm not getting back on this J. Cole conversation, but there's so many good albums that came out underground. So we, we got to give love to them some days. Maybe people, we got to compile a list. Of maybe, yeah, I think we should come up with another yeah, list. Yeah, maybe maybe an album that people haven't really paid attention to throughout 16. We just do the Culture Academy version of the hottest MCs or the hottest albums. And I guarantee we'll be 100% better than that shit they put on TV. But um, side note from that, yeah, man. So it's a good good class here. We open the textbooks. We close them down. Um, some homework to you guys, of course. Uh, You know, follow, subscribe, share. Do that, man. Where can they catch you, bro? And they, they can catch us at uh Instagram at the Culture Academy Podcast. You can catch me at um Instagram J A E underscore D L U X. You can catch you at Sky High Re on Instagram. Sky High Re on Instagram. You can catch us at Google Music, iTunes, um, SoundCloud. You know, definitely, definitely shout, follow, subscribe, uh, share, and subscribe. Let your boys know. Let your peeps know. Let them know exactly what you discussed. If you have any, uh, you know, rebuttals, if you want to go ahead and, uh, you know, take the Academy up on the views, definitely let us know on the Instagram page as well as the Facebook page at the Culture Academy Podcast. Like that. Yeah, man. So we, we coming out there. So, yeah, like I said, you can test us on the views. We'll definitely follow, share, subscribe. We got a few exciting things in store for you guys. I know we said that last week, but it's coming very soon, as in... Definitely before Christmas, you're gonna get an early Christmas gift from the academy. Yeah, definitely. I man, can put it as know. that. Only thing, the only thing that good came overnight was the lottery, and most of those motherfuckers went broke. So I don't know. God damn! Shout <laughs> out to everybody who went broke because of the lottery. <laughs> uh, you know, you're probably listening to us right now from your fucking <laughs> library or whatever the fuck you at. You know, shout out to you. <laughs> you know, we we appreciate the fact that you you had to turn into bands, but uh, <laughs> damn. yeah, man. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, you know, we scratching off a ticket here, so we ready to go. Like, and, and as always, when it comes to our academies, when it's coming to a close, class dismissed. Class is dismissed. Get out of here. Um, by the way, I got I got a little beef real quick before we let go. Uh, my boy, 
Jeremiah, man, you stay more than 10 minutes for detention. We're going to talk after class. <laughs> I right. like that, man. It's over for you. All right, peace.